This is episode two with Ohio State radiologist and educator, Dr. Alex Grieco. If you can do one thing that is going to take you through the, the hardest of challenges is to never, ever, ever one time ever let someone else decide how much you as a person are worth. Welcome to the Who We Are and Why We're Here podcast. I'm your host, Greg Friedberg, a current medical student at The Ohio State University College of Medicine, and it's my mission through this podcast to help reignite the flame for those in the medical field who feel like it's slowly burning out. If that's you or someone you know, I just want to thank you for your courage and for listening today, and I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Who We Are and Why We're Here podcast. This is our second ever episode, and I'm so excited for you all to give it a listen because, trust me, it's a fun one. But I first wanted to start out by just saying thank you for everyone who listened to episode one with Dr. Jason Campbell back in January. I just got so much feedback from family and friends and the Ohio State community, so much more than I ever thought I was going to get. And I'm just so grateful that so many people gave it a listen and got something tangible and positive out of that conversation. I'm assuming if you're listening to this one, you already know what we're all about here. This show is geared towards interviewing and humanizing those within the medical profession in hopes that we can remind one another of our, well, humanity. What makes us, us. Because oftentimes it just becomes so easy to lose sight of those kinds of things. Especially when we're so ambitiously chasing after a goal or working towards some end. Whether you're interested in the field of medicine or not, I hope this conversation we've got coming up can be another reminder of just that. I sat down with Dr. Alex Grieco, of whom is well known within the halls of the Ohio State College of Medicine as one of the most genuinely positive people you will ever meet in your entire life. Dr. Grieco is a practicing radiologist that is heavily involved with the College of Medicine Department of Student Life and is someone who is very visibly living out his mission every single day. This man was put on this earth to help empower and encourage people to achieve their dreams, and I'm just so lucky to have had him on as my second guest. Without further ado, here is Dr. Alex Grieco. Hello there, and welcome to the Who We Are and Why We're Here podcast. Um, I'm Greg. I am the host of the show here. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to our second ever episode. And I'm so, so excited to have um, Dr. Alex Grieco on for our second ever podcast here. Dr. Grieco is someone who um, works at Ohio State on the uh, faculty for the College of Medicine, um, a, a attending radiologist, um, but does a lot of work within the College of Medicine, specifically in student life, and, and has given a couple lectures to us as well during our first year. Um, the reason I wanted to have him on is this guy is probably mine and many other people's favorite lectures from this past year so far. And he is just like, this guy, we've watched everything basically virtually through, through Zoom, and this guy's personality just like pervades through your computer. Like you cannot like not feel like that energy is just so contagious. I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. I think he's electric over lectures, which is surprising to say for anyone in the College of Medicine. So I'm super stoked to have you here. I hope that comes across in the interview. And without further ado, Dr. Grieco, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. Oh, man. Well, Greg, thank you so much. This, uh, is, this is incredible. And I'm just, it's, uh, just totally blown away, honored, you know, um, that after all of that, you know, like you're just saying the, the talks and the, you know, student life stuff that you still want, that you're not like running the other direction. Like when you see me, that's pretty cool. Um, 
And uh, no, it's just uh, it's it's just amazing, and I really I'm honored by that because I I think. You know, uh, not even if, if it's not electricity, I think of energy a lot in terms of interactions with other people and of the tremendously uh, transformative impact of being in uh, someone else's space and inviting them into your space and together doing things, you know, advancing and, and just kind of helping each other to, to grow and learn from each other in, in maybe ways that, you know, that are just a, a little bit different, you know, and, and you could go the way of, you know, planetary motion or, you know, like two little, two little beautiful leaves riding along a babbling brook. Um, you know, any, no shortage of uh, analogies here, but I want to say, Greg, I mean, you're one of the reasons that makes this place so incredibly fun to, to get to be here and be a part of things for you. So I just want to thank you for, uh, for having me and, uh, and, and having me across the little Zoom screen. My God, that answer, first of all, thank you. I, that means a lot, just you saying that to me. But also, that answer alone is exactly why I wanted to have you on. I mean, if you can't tell, like, super entertaining to listen to, but also just super inspiring. And I know a lot of students just kind of, they they are captivated by that energy and that inspiration that you put into their life. You work with students all across, like, M1 through M4, I know. Um, and, and when people need that extra added motivation, maybe if they're burning out at the end of medical school, you're someone who can really give that to them. And you're someone who has a little bit of personality, a little bit of spunk and a lot of personality just like in the depths of your career. And I think that's super inspiring for all of us to see that we can maybe be like that someday. Um, so my God, like that answer was perfect. I, um, with, with that said, like, I, I want to just hear a little bit about maybe your story. Um, who you are, where you're from, um, how you got here, and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, awesome. Well, sure. And uh, you know, and, and it's I, I just want to want to reiterate again that I think when we talk about talk about journeys, you know, and, and man, Greg, you know, if you can think about that, you know, one one of the the things that I do probably the uh, the, the core, if you want to think about it like that, of what I'm what I really work on in student life is uh, finding the place that you want to go. For, for lack of a more fancy or uh, technological term for that, um, it's literally amazing, you know, and, and getting to walk. In our case, it was a virtual <laughs> White Coast ceremony. What well, we'll was it? Sort of virtual space. You know, I think we're all working on, on those, those lovely uh, ways to describe, you know, what this last year has been like. But that's a classic example of when you, you really you know, you can focus on the journey. But I think it's partly those, those little small turns you know, and spacing things out uh, about a way that's going to take you to that place that may be very different, probably will be a little different along the way than you imagined. And if I could name one thing, you know, that, uh, that, that we're good at so many things in medicine. You guys are amazing, like, you know, and, and good at, like, literally everything to even to, to walk in the front door here. Um, and the thing I would, would want us all to work on a little bit is just thinking that something a little bit unexpected would all detour, you know, something like that, whether it's, you know, chasing an extra interest or something that you're passionate about to get there, not only does that not have to be scary, but it can actually make the journey more fun and show you things about yourself that you never even, never even thought about. And uh, it's a long little preamble into where I'm from. Stick to the task, Alex, please. So I, I so anyways, so I grew up, um, it, let's just say this, the weather outside right now, and people, if you're listening to this later, it's a little, little snowy out there. 
kind of not, not a new thing for me. I grew up in uh, upstate New York in a, a pretty small town. It's called Elmira, New York, somewhat near Ithaca, Cornell area. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just, just small town, small everything, um, and uh, needed to, to kind of find my way there. Um, I knew for a long time I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do, maybe a little less defined um, than you know, then some people might early on, I mean, I knew, Greg, that I just, I wanted to do something where I was going to be in a position, whatever it was, to uh, help as many people possible as, as I could. Like, I knew this. And, and I know we all can, can you know, kind of connect that and, and put that mission to, to medicine in different ways, you know, in, in the different phases of that journey. Um, and, I, and I just go back to this, my, uh, my parents who are elementary school teachers, right? They, uh, you know, just doing the, the teacher thing. And uh, they always remind me of this when, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like sitting there, you know, we have a, one of our 10 bajillion uh, Greek or Italian relatives asking, you know, like, well, what, you know, how did you get here? You know, similar type of question that we're addressing right now. Um, and uh, my parents always goes back to, you know, like in, in kindergarten. So, well, kindergarten, little Alex in kindergarten, um, and, uh, you know, doing that, doing that. And, um, you know, my, my first report card, I think, that, that came home for kindergarten and uh, said something effective, you know, um, Alex has a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot, like, bolded, high, like, underlying, you know, kind of a thing, so we know what that means, a little, little hyper, you know, kind of thing, little, little that, I know you're shocked. Um, and not, uh, not, wow, yeah, I mean, as wow. expected. <laughs> like, oh, because I'm so sedate and easy to talk to, usually. Um, so, so it was that. And then also the other thing on that report card, and I think I laugh at it, and I, and I think it's just awesome because it shows you how we, we just kind of have some things built in. It said, Alex is virtually always the last person to get his work done in a day because he spends all of his time helping his classmates to get their work done. And that was at the age of four. And so, you know, got to say, it, it's just kind of hardwired in, Greg. I don't know. That's just what I do. So, so it's been a part of me forever. Um, went through, and, and I don't want get, to get too, too far off the, off the uh, electronic tracks here, but, I mean, I, I just kind of followed that. And, you know, I, uh, I followed kind of two different passions, if you will, and uh, got myself to undergrad, um, and then knew medicine was a thing. You know, that, that's how I'm going to be in that position to, to help people and, and really to do the most that I possibly can. And, and case in point, right now, you know, February, whatever, February 11th, um, 21, um, if you said even, like, you know, five or six years ago, you know, are you going to be a, a lot of the days, a lot of the hours of the week in, in student life, you know, trying to help, uh, you know, 200 plus M4s, you know, figure out their rank list. <laughs> and, uh then move it back a frame and, and about 200 M3s figure out what, gosh, what specialty is this ultimately going to be? I said, no, you, get, you need somebody like way smarter and better to do that than me, you know? Um, and here you are. So uh, that, that's kind of my, uh, my, my travel log to this point, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that story about you and the report card. That's I, I think indicative of one of two things. Um, one, like, makes you into someone who could be like a great doctor you care for the people around you put themselves or them before yourself um and then the other way around like i see a teacher i see someone who is obviously motivated maybe to take that into student life like you're doing now i think those are both really great matches because you're helping students the way that you helped students in your kindergarten class i think those that translates super well over to it and it's so funny that that is 
now translated into your adult life when we were four years old. My God, like that is, that's really cool and really consistent. I think that's awesome that it carried over. Um, so with that said, I, I guess like I want to hear just maybe before we get dive more into like you and your background, your personality and whatnot, um, why radiology um, first off, and then kind of, going into that, maybe some of your biggest influences along the way. I, I know you mentioned your parents were elementary school teachers. So maybe that in, like enticed you to go into education, but maybe who else was there? Yeah. Thank you guys. Great, great question. You know, and I think um, it's, we're, uh, you know, I, I think it, again, it's, it's never about any specific point of the journey as much as, you know, what your brain does with it, you know, and sort of thinking about that and reflecting on the way um, and I'll tell you, believe it or not, yeah, you know, that, that one of the things that, that really brought radiology to me, you know, as a way that I wanted to, uh, to make mine, be my specialty, give something to it, and, and get a lot of training in it, um, you know, uh, it, it goes back to some things of, of, of really thinking that to be on this journey, there are things you have to do, right? You know, there's, there's, there's training, there's steps, there's tests, there's exams, to be in a position to really, to really connect with people and help them, you know, in medicine. And, and you know, you're, you're probably already seeing this in some things you're doing. You know, as, as somebody who's in medicine, I mean, the, the, the privilege, you know, of, of, of not, not just the white coat, you know, that kind of thing, but of being in a room and, and talking with somebody or, or parents about their little baby or, like, family, friends, you know, people uh, that, are, that are having maybe the best day of their life or the worst day of their life if you, in the emergency department or, or something, you know, um, that privilege of, of just getting to hear, you know, people's innermost thoughts or, or things they might not have shared with anybody else, you know, and, and they're coming to you about that. That's, that's powerful. I knew I wanted to do that. And I also knew that, I, I mean, I needed to put myself into that as wholly as I could. Right, completely, you know, and, and so, so what's myself, right? I'm, I'm incredibly, I mean, I, I just, I love all things, anything related to art, pictures, designs. I have like a hundred going through my head at any one time, right? You know, kind of a thing. And just that, that's how I, how I, how I tackle things in life. You know, the M4s probably last. Like the first thing I'm doing is like getting out something and drawing or, or something, you know, and just like mapping out something. That's how, I, that's how I think about things, how I navigate good times, you know, the, the smooth ocean, you know, kind of a thing. That's how you, you get ready for some waves and things. Um, and I knew that, you know, it, it, there's the help that we give to patients is just as much a function as what you can do for other people trying to do the same. You know, you, you bring things. You put your personality, you apply what you know, you know, kind of thing, and, like, how am I going to use that? That's the, the greatest thing you can ever do is to use something about yourself um, that uh, you, you might have had to not work at all for. It's just natural or something you really had to work hard for doing that. And I knew kind of maybe midway through med school, you know, it was interesting, you know, pediatrics is another big, big field, you know, uh, for me. Love that. It would literally kind of still do. Um, and then also looking at the big picture, see where that's going, of, uh, of things and, like, how to put those together. And I knew that diagnostic radiology um, was going to be a field where, you know, putting that love for, for helping as many people as I could for patients and their, their, their family members, you know, um, I could do that. And at the same time, 
even if it meant taking a little bit of a step back sometimes from that, that front line, you know, of, of the emergency department, the, the inpatient setting, et cetera, taking a step back to be able to interface and connect and support their physicians from other specialties. You know, maybe being that go-between person that could help, you know, the rheumatology specialist and the cardiologist and, and, and the primary care and everybody get together and really understand what's going on for the patient, you know, uh, that, that, that has any, any range of the types of, of problems and disease that we take care of. Um, that's what got me, you know, and, uh, and, I, and I did that. And uh, I'm not surprisingly, a whole bunch of me is like super nerd. You know, I love that stuff. I love biochem and like everything, you know, from, from all on the way. Um, and I also love connecting with people. You put those two things together and that's, that's, if that's not part of the definition of radiology somewhere and being a, a diagnostic radiology person, um, should be, you know, may I'll submit that uh, in the, my annual comments back to the uh, uh, RSNA. Um, and, and the last little part of that is just to show you that little comment I made before about, um, you know, your, your journey, those little, little side trips and little changes can be the most magical. I said PEDS, you know, was also up there, you know, it was also one of those things. Went the radiology route. And uh, who knew? Yeah, there we are. You know, kind of a combined fellowship that we can talk about. Spent a whole ton of time with my little tiny preemies, Nikki babies over at Children's in Philly doing cardiac MR for, for complex congenital heart disease um, and getting to uh, look at images, advise people, taking care of some little sickler ones. So getting to, it's like cheating. You know, I get to do, get to, to do my favorite thing on, on both sides. So that's that's incredible I, I for what it's worth you would have made at least from my perspective here you would have made a damn good pediatrician i think sure. again Thank you. The, yeah of course I, I think especially with just like your personality would translate really well to keeping people like entertained and happy and cheerful amidst like a, a profession that quite frankly sometimes can be stressful when you're dealing with kids and you're like dealing with telling them telling them or their parents um pending that the child doesn't even like understand what's going on with them about something really hard um and i think it makes it really good that you kind of have that playful attitude and like that desire to work with kids I am sh i'm glad that it has translated well to radiology as well um so um, yeah of course um with, with that kind of transitioning away from um I, I guess why radiology um kind of the same question on the aspect of like why education, which I know we've kind of touched on a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But like I said, I think whenever I hear you giving sessions or workshops or lectures, um, you're someone who just really that energy radiates across the screen to us and you keep us engaged in like a, a virtual environment that I think quite frankly for us med students, especially M1s and 2s now that are going through didactics, it's hard to stay focused when we're at home in our apartment. And like, I never am so engaged as I am when I listen to your stuff. Um, so I guess like, how do you devote so much interest and like energy into students like that? Is that kind of what got you into education and why education as a whole? What kind of made you kind of go down that path now away from more clinical based medicine? Mm -hmm. And Greg, I, I had an idea that that was probably going to be one of the questions that we talked about, you know, like why, you know, the, the education side and like, teaching, whether it's in radiology or, uh, you know, in some other things, you know, like my, um, you know, just got done right before this with, with LGBTQ plus health course. I uh, also have the honor of, uh, of, of doing, um, you know, and, and Greg, I wish I had a, a really amazing 
academically sounding answer to, well, I planned this, I had this very carefully executed plan, did my pre-work, here's when I'm going to do this, and then here, and I'll be honest with you, I, I it, it's, it sounds so naive and silly or, or maybe, you know, un, uninformed or, or uh, you know, just, just so, such a, a different way to say it. Um, if you love something and it's just so natural and it, it's like the most natural thing in the world, it's going to be a part of your, your life if you let it be, right? And so um, kind, of, kind of funny thing, you know, I, uh, when, I was, when I was working in the first class I ever got to work with, you know, and teaching some radiology, I mean, that was, that was reasonably, you know, I mean, it was something I wanted to do and I had a lot of MRI training. It was an MRI fellowship and, um want to do that connection because, I mean, in my med school, we didn't, we didn't have any radiology teaching much, you know. So, boom, wanted to do that and, and, uh, and show people some things in a little bit of a different way. Um, and so on the side of, uh, you know, I was working with the very first class uh, ever with the class of 2016. You know, I got here as they were making their way in toward that, that amazing ending, you know. Um, that first year of the, new, the LSI curriculum, actually, that was that, that group that went through. Um, and so... Um, you know, and it was this, this thing where I was, you know, obviously working with the people just, uh, you know, here and there uh, that were going into radiology. Um, and, uh, and I just thought, you know, and, and, and they're working on it, you know, getting ready for their applications and things. And, uh, you know, and, and then one that, uh, gentleman, Devin, amazing guy, uh, who's, uh, you know, uh, about to, to graduate pretty soon from radiology residency. Um, so I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just, I'm so stressed. And I said, yeah, yeah really, really stressful. Like, oh, man, no, I know. I remember. I remember. So, well, what are you, what are you stressed about exactly? So, well, two things. Um, you know, I'm personal statement. Oh, my gosh. Like, the last one I wrote was for med school, right? And, and how am I going to do this? And I said, well, well, maybe, I don't know. Do you want to get together and, and, and talk it over? And he's like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. We did, you know, spent some time, went well. It was enjoyable. Um, and, I, and that's when I shared, you know, because he knew about my um, – so my, my mixed bio and theater dance background for, from undergrad. And uh, I was also a total weirdo, and that wasn't enough, and I had to be a writing minor also. Um, and so got to use some of that. So that was good. Got done with Devin. He said his other thing was, you know, I'm, I'm just really worried about how these residency interviews are going to go. You know, I mean, it's so different. How do you do that? And how do you, you know, um, just go down and sit in a room with an uncomfortable suit <laughs> for 20 minutes and decide if you're going to make this, this program director happy and vice versa. I said, well, Devin, would you be interested in a mock interview? We can just sit down. You know, I didn't have an office. I had nothing, you know, and so uh, we, did, we found a bench, you know, in, in Graves Hall down the way. Um, that was good. And <laughs> by one week, Mark, uh, Greg, after that, I think I had 27 different emails from the M4 class like, hey, so, uh, yeah, Alex, um, and that's the other thing, you know, about me, I, I really, really want people to call me my first name. That's the thing. Um, so, Alex, which, uh, yeah, so I happen to kind of heard through the grapevine um, that you read personal statements. Would, would you take a look at mine? Do you think I'm going to say no? Of course. So we, we did that mock interview program, started with, like, a piece of graph paper in my phone, bench and room surfing around graves and, and miling, and... After about a year of that, Greg, they, they, uh, you know, Dr. Clinchot, who is one of my biggest influences, I think I skipped that part of an earlier question. I'm sorry about that. I'll, I'll make it up now. Vice Dean of Education here, one of the most positive influences in my life, uh, him. 
and uh, Dr. Joanne Lin, our, our Associate Dean for Student Life, uh, big influences in that. So you know, um, what, what do you think if we actually turn that into a position? <laughs> so you could actually do that like during the day and not like at 9 at night and 10 at night and, and everything. I said, all right, you know, I mean, I, I'll do it no matter what. Um, and, and, and here we are, you know, and I, of us and a whole ton of undergrads now, you know, from, from being involved with BMS major and things. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a gift every day. Um, and, uh, and, that, and that's what I do because it lets me use some parts of radiology training in medicine and quite honestly getting to use a whole bunch of those other, other things that were a part of my life all the way along that a lot of people, frankly, along the way said, you're, you're never going to use this again. You know, what are you doing? You're never, what are you, why are you doing this? Um, not saying I, you know, not, not, to, not to prove them wrong as the sole reason, just saying, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I can do that can hopefully be a benefit to people, and, and that's, that's the greatest thing anybody could ever do. So it's, again, Greg, I'll, I'll work on it. If I could make a little blueprint diagram, I will. It's just follow your dreams and your heart, and it's going to be a part of your day. So. You you say that's not a great like not a very educated sounding answer. I thought it was incredible. I think that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, that's cool. really cool. You can tell you're speaking from the heart, and I think more than anything, I didn't want. I I wouldn't expect someone who's so involved in students' lives and and so passionate about those things to give me like a like a textbook answer. There is no such thing. Um, so that was really cool. Thank you for sharing that story. That's really really moving. Um, yeah. I'm glad that they were able to kind of find that niche for you. I, on that note, like, so a couple things. Dr. Clinchot is actually someone who I have lined up to be on the podcast sometime soon. Um, awesome. Yeah, looking forward to talking to him sometime soon. Um, and also with that said, um, another thing you mentioned really caught my, caught my uh, attention. And I want to touch base with you on that because also one part of this podcast that I really want to focus on is your interest beyond just medicine, which... Yeah. I've already heard so many from you, um, but one that you mentioned, you said you were a bio major in undergrad. Is that correct? But yeah, I also sure. heard a I heard a reference to theater and dance and writing as well. Which yeah, sure. talk about a versatile resume there. That's awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about those interests and maybe just all the passions you have outside yeah. of just medicine? Man, how long do we have? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> already running down. No, thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting, you know, and I, and I refer back to the long ago times. Um, you know, I've been asked before, you know, some people that I work with, you know, because they know, and, and you've seen this, you've witnessed this, slash endured this firsthand. Um, you know, if you've spent more than about twelve microseconds with me, you, you kind of you, you get two pieces of understanding, I think, about me. Um, and number one is. I'm passionate about what I do. Number two is that like music is my life. It's like built into my bone marrow or something, you know, probably even deeper than that. Um, get that a lot from my, my parents, you know, very musical. Um, and, you know, I think, um, again, my, my, uh, the family folklore is that I could read piano music and sit at the piano and play those A, B, C, D, E, uh, before I could read the actual letters on uh, a page. So I never was big in sequential order. I tend to go like that out of order. Um, since then, I've been ever. I play the piano since I was like five. 
a little younger than that, um, sitting on all those the phone books and whatever, because I was it was I was quite small, was little. Um, get up to that piano piano keys, um, and also just just really early. Right? I mean, I was was lucky enough to to go to school that that kind of embraced this and help us do that. And um, I, I think my first speaking part in a play was when at like later age five, and it was literally amazing and and i uh i remember just thinking this was the most amazing thing was living our lives right being a part of this world this very imperfect world where there are beautiful things where there's really challenging harsh things and everybody i you know i can't imagine anybody listening to this right now uh can't relate to that you know there's beautiful things there's harsh things that can go together and just this whole concept of being able to you know bring people that, that live all kinds of different lives, that have had different background, no two the same, and get on a stage under these crazy bright lights. You can't even see you at first if you're used to that. And there's these sets, and, and people come and watch you, and you just create, whether it's like an hour, two hours, something like that, you know, for, for a big show. Like, not like a, and not maybe as far as like a parallel universe, but, but you create something where... Every bit of you that makes you the person you are in, in like the real world, whatever that actually means, um, you bring that onto the stage and you make it live. And to go back to that electricity, that resonance, you know, that, that resonance, you know, from, from MRI to be nerdy, that was way part of my life. Theater and music were way part of my life before I knew what all that was. Um, so, Greg, I, um, you know, just music, everything. I played saxophone, piano, singing, uh, dancing pretty early. I knew I wanted to be in dance and, you know, did, did a bunch of stuff all through, all through high school uh, with that. And I knew um, one of the big reasons I went to Bucknell was my, my undergrad um, is like Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. So if you're like, you know, the Happy Valley, State College, Penn State, go about an hour east where like nothing's happening. That's <laughs> where Bucknell is. It's a parent's dream. It's a lovely, it's a lovely college town, right? It's like the, like nothing happened, but good campus and a, a pretty pretty kicking uh, bio department and theater department. Um, and when I went to Bucknell, um, I was pretty young, uh, and I knew that, or let's say, I wanted to study biology. You know, bio, biology, biophysics, biochem. Didn't know exactly. I was, I was leaning that way. I knew that I had to study theater and dance. It was at the single department at the point, department of theater and dance. You had to uh, interview and audition separately to be in that department. Um, you know, you could just to come in as a, as a, you know, it was originally going to be a double major. Um, and to do that, I lived in something called the arts college, you know, the, the sort of like residential colleges. I, I know a lot of people have these for undergrad. Sort of a variation, if you think of like learning communities, Greg, you know how we do for, you know, you have like low learning community, but you, you live there. Right, and um, did that, and I uh, got hurt. I had an injury at one point, um, so I couldn't do, like, part of a summer thing. End up with a almost double major, bio and dance, uh, but I'll settle for a, a strong minor in that. And uh, it, it, it was cool. I remember from my interview for dance, you know, I mean, the interview for bio, I couldn't tell you one thing. You know, I just like to talk about um, Various things, you know, and, uh, and and just you know who I was and, and what I was about. Um, and for for theater, I remember this too. Like we had to go, 
parents took me, right? So, so young at that point. Um, and, uh, I went in and I just, you know, you're interviewing and then the, the one, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Smith uh, stepped forward and, and he's like, all right, well, you know, Alex, so um, to, to come in, we'd like you to, to read something, you know, and, and just to give it and show us what type of an individual we'd be, uh, you know, bringing into our, to our theater program, right? And so he said, well, I'm going to, I want you to read, um, you know, this, this, you'll see this, it's a prologue from Romeo and Juliet. And uh, he, he's walking over me with a book. He said, uh, sir, I'm good. Thanks. And I just stood up and said it. And uh, they uh, uh, just kind of said, we're, we're, we're in good shape. Thanks. Well, uh, you'll hear from us soon. So it's pretty cool. My med school interview was nowhere near as stressful as that. Nothing like that is so funny. But, yeah. That's awesome. I, I just think that's such a cool component of your life that, that you kind of integrated that into your schooling and your, I, I guess like, from the outside looking in when you think of a pre-med undergrad like they're usually very folk like hyper focused on getting into medical school and what they have to do to get there um and, and almost like don't focus on the other parts of their personality that make them them and, and i think like this was something that made you you um and i think that's super cool that you kind of stuck with that throughout high school and throughout your education at bucknell i think that's really really cool um so yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, I think with that, I want to transition. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and it was, it, it's so funny. Like, it, again, it's just now I look back at the time. It was like, yeah, that's cool. That's what I do. You know, and now I mention it sometimes to people, and they're like, how did you do that? Like, how could you, you know? I mean, most people, for example, um, you know, uh, and by the way, how Bucknell did it, um, day one of first year organic chemistry one. Boom. Like, if you're in bio, you're doing it here. Okay. It's like, oh. And it was a little crazy. I liked it, you know. Um, and, like, you know, some people, <laughs> for, you know, OCHEM, analytical, physical chemistry, yay. Who my PCHEM people listening? Um, you know, many people would, for example, go to office hours at night to, to learn more and, and do that kind of thing with TAs. Others of us had to rehearse for four or five hours every night for for dance and uh you know it wasn't like when a musical would be put on it, it you were doing it you know it was not like a oh you should think about this you know thanks ellie green another big influence my my dance instructor and my thesis advisor really cool um for because one of my theses was in modern dance to, to end um and so just uh enough to senior year fall of senior year just the hardest semester ever um, for a lot of us, you know, can think that, and and I uh, I was thinking my Tuesday Thursday classes because my undergrad classes now are Tuesdays and Thursdays, and Greg I went from advanced chemical engineering thermodynamics or ACE thermo right for which PCHEM was a was a prereq that's when you know you're in a little little deep there um, so I went from ACE thermo to uh, modern dance senior composition two hardest classes of like my thing and they were the most amazing experiences of, of my life um and uh think about them oh not every day maybe but uh pretty pretty darn close to that from the growth that happened so yeah it sounds like you had kind of you were knee deep in both things into science and into dance i think that's super cool um yeah. and it's not just like this was a hobby of yours it was a passion and something you really dug into um yeah. so 
I think that's really cool. I I, just, I could talk about that for forever. I, I don't want to take up too much time on the podcast yeah. with it, but I love yeah. hearing about that. Yeah. Um. So transitioning away from that, I, I know you mentioned a little bit about going to Bucknell. Um, mm-hmm. And my next question was kind of about your, like, I guess for lack of a better term, your journey to becoming um, a doctor and be that like from high school to college and then to medical school, uh, maybe just like some highlights from that journey. Um, what was it like going to school um, in undergrad and in medical school? I know you went to the University of Buffalo, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yep. Can, so just talk about those experiences uh, and kind of what you got out of them and some highlights. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, yeah, gosh, yeah, and and again, it was the the when finally deciding on that, it was um, I did like an early early admission program, so kind of halfway through sophomore year, I applied to to medical school at Buffalo. Um, happy enough to to get in. It was cool. Is what I wanted, um, and uh, did it. So so that was that. And uh, then, then up in med school, I think, you know, it's, it's, we, we all come to these different phases as the summation of all of our lived experiences, you know, and Greg and I, you know, painted that picture that is 100% real. Um, and uh, you think, you know, thinking about, you know, the dance and theater and, and the, the different bio parts of me, you know, et cetera, things. And, um when I got injured, you know, at Bucknell, that was, that was kind of junior year, spring of junior year at Bucknell. And, uh, really it was for my parents for sure. Um, and for me, definitely, um, successfully making it out of the ICU and things, um, the most intense time ever, right. You know, and, and, and really not, not calling into question things before, you know, or, and, uh, but, but really if anything, you know, if, if I'm, like, looking at the world through a little bit of rosy-colored glasses, um, you know, like, like some people uh, w- uh, will say that I am, that I happily accept that. Um, yes, I said they are rose-colored glasses, and I, I pounded them into place, you know, from some, from some challenges, you know, and, and coming back, getting my balance back so I could keep dancing um, and, and all that. And I think as many may do, you know, uh, Greg, you know, we go, um, you, you said it so perfectly is, you know, no matter what you do, you're, you're kind of focused on getting to medical school, right? And, and that's, a, that's a huge part of the goal. And I'm as guilty of it as anybody back, back from then um, that you don't think quite as much after it and how, how intense it is and how there, there are parts of your life that change and you're not getting to dance and, and do some things that you, you did, you know, and just recognizing that they're not gone forever, right? You know, to, to get these busy blocks, and and they're just they're they're on hold for a little bit. Um, certainly didn't really take a full you know second to think. You know, I mean, the physical part of me was better. You know, I had like jaw fracture, like everything was busted. I had jaw fracture that that got better. Could eat again. You know, that kind of thing. Um, and that was all good. That was like whatever. Um, you know, doing it. And then it was the it was the mental side, you know, and the wellness and like how am I doing kind of thing, um, and uh, and and I like to as people might know me, I, I like to combine very challenging things all during the same time period. So you know that's always really good, and you know in a lot of ways, I mean Bucknell is an awesome place. It was not perfect, far from perfect, um, and uh, you know 
just just being a gay man um, at a super uh, super conservative, still quite conservative place. Not bad. Con- just just saying it is. Um, and I didn't have any gay friends at all. Um, and in, in medical school, I just finally, you know, kind of kind of working my way through the first semester, still having some dealing with with uh, some post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms and things from when I got hurt, um, and uh, a few different things like that, and finally just realizing that all of these these challenges that are kind of built up, you know, like how am I dealing with my my identity, you know. Um, how am I dealing with, with keeping myself well and, and coping with a, with a pharmacopoeia worth of seizure medicine that I'm probably going to be on forever? Um, and coping with the good things, 99% good things, back from my earlier years, and then some, some tough things. Well, it was through, you know, some, some really good friends. Um, you know, one, uh, my, my first best friend probably of, of my life, Kathy, who I talk about all the time in many of my current classes, also in undergrad classes, Kathy, um, is a fantastic family medicine physician, met her the first day of med school, my anatomy partner in the gross anatomy lab, pairing just made in the stars, and she uh, is, is down in Charlottesville. She works at UVA, and just uh, two years ago won family medicine physician of the year in Virginia. So she rocks. I pretend. I aspire to be like Kathy. Um, and, and, okay, so it's so funny. Like, I mean, I, you know, I think about I learned a lot of stuff. I did, I, I, you know, that first couple years, let's say, in med school. little blurry, I think, because I, I was just, you know, focusing. I was doing fine. Um, but kind of getting those things kind of straightened out and realizing with Kathy's help and with some, some others um, that, you know, I, I all of those things can be together. They they don't cancel each other out, and you you don't have to give up a part of you totally. You know, to be there, and and then the whole thing about being confident and being like, yeah, I might be the only one in my whole class that has a little rainbow pin on my uh, my name badge, and and that's only going a little over ten years, and and being called into the dean's office and said, what, and we're getting all these reports. What, what's what's this? Take that off there. You know, and um, so and 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 dealing with that, and and doing some good stuff along the way, and uh, getting up there to the point where you know residency beyond all of these, you know, could, could, like you said, it could go on and on. But uh, it, it's for as much as we we paint it as again back to that single journey. It's as little points along the way look like challenges, look like really rough road the most beautiful things of all can come out of it. And frankly, my experience in Philadelphia uh, for, my, for my fellowship is, is the, 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 most gr- the greatest example of that, too. So, Wow. I, I think the phrase that keeps coming up in my head when I ask these questions is like, I'm giving you an inch and you're just taking a mile. I think that's, it, it's so awesome to hear these stories and, uh, and hear about like the people who impacted you in undergrad and, and, and into medical school especially. Um, and for what it's worth, I, I hope like your friend who got that award in Virginia, like, my God, they need to get one of those for someone in Ohio, Ohio state. And they give it to you because again, you're someone who puts so much energy into your students. And I think that's what makes you such a good educator. Um, and also just such a good doctor. So, um, no surprise that that was one of your friends in, in medical school either. Um, there was something that you said there that was super interesting um, for yeah. me. Um, so kind of circling back to the purpose of this podcast was like, 
we, I, I oftentimes see that medical students kind of bury their head in the sand and lose a little bit part of themselves um, mm-hmm. when they're here. And, and that's no fault of them. I think like we get under all these stressors that kind of force us to do that. And we have to give up parts of our life or parts of our life to kind of refocus some energy towards studying and making sure that we're prepared for that. Um, I know you had said when you got to medical school, that um, you obviously weren't dancing as much as you used to, especially post-injury and whatnot, but maybe like talk about what you did in medical school um, and beyond, even like now, what have you done to kind of make sure you don't lose that sense of self? Because that's the very purpose of this podcast to me, is how do you stay you? Yeah, and and just uh, kicking a little bit of that absolutely beautiful, I'm trying not to like, here up here you know thanks greg um making your uh, guests cry um so but no and and just again um the, just just the fact let me let me just met, go meta for one second greg the, the fact that you would ask that right and the fact that maybe people are listening and asking that question is one of the most positive prognostic indicators that you're, you're thinking about it right and keeping those things so um again so so referring to of Kathy and, and some other, other friends up in med school, and to certain extent, you know, residency as well. Um, you, we are so darn good at those calendars, right? Oh, my gosh, right? And, and this I'm going to study here. Here's when these modules are. Here's this. I'm going to get this done. It's the same when I was doing it. Yep. Oh, there's my LP. We call it the same thing. We had LP, longitudinal, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're so good at that and, and really just being so meticulous in terms of those times and planning that out and and then that'll lead up to like things like step one or uh you know things like preparing for some of your big fourth year rotations for example and and greg we you know we experimented with some different ways we knew and that the only way to get through this was to the extent possible um making as much an effort to say all right well here's this month when are we getting together Right? It's Buffalo. You talk about burying your head in the sand. How about the burying your head in the snow? Okay, I mean, we had our record was seven feet in 48 hours. Okay, that was a little, little intense. And I were, so it was seven feet in 20, er, uh, 48 hours. And, and I remember that storm. I was so worried about that because my friend Kathy's only four foot nine. So I was, and she had a dachshund. So I was really worried. Cause, yeah. So, um, um, so uh, but anyways, so, you know, we just said, well, when, what are we doing? Okay, when are we going up? And we had a, uh, delightfully <laughs> wonderful destination city that wasn't that far away to ensure that we were on a tight schedule um, by the name of Toronto, Canada, uh, of which we, we uh, <laughs> when we're watching a hockey game, like this is, we stand for the Canadian National Anthem because we, we were told by our lovely uh, house staff uh, at this hotel, me and this several group of medical students would stay at that we could afford, you know, by the, by the, uh, um, uh, Rogers center right there in Toronto where the, uh, the, um, down, the, down the way from where the Leafs play, um, that we were honorary Canadian citizens. So I will say that, uh, thank you to the great white North, you know, whether it's planning trips to go to Canada and dance like amazingly whole weekend, just do nothing, you know, this club, that club, go out, you know, just do everything. Meanwhile, it was minus 20 degrees out, slight impediment, that's okay, you know, just here, um, so, because 
that's why we were able to afford a hotel room in Toronto, um, middle of winter, um, doing that kind of thing was, was absolutely huge. Um, and we still do now, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, I think, and I know probably is maybe some people on, on listening uh, we're doing, it's like, well, Greg, so, so when you're talking about these wellness things and self-preservation, are you talking pre-pandemic or this last year of living on Zoom and, and being able to connect with each other like this? Um, I think it's, it's, it's just natural thing for me to always just see the silver linings, you know, in things and those little pros. Um, and I've, I've probably gotten to connect with some of my other friends that have, you know, kids and, and whole different practice patterns and, and, and families and everything, um, probably more this last year, pro and arguably we've done more to, to do some little group wellness things during the pandemic because we have a reason to be on Zoom and say, oh, man, well, we better uh, let, let's set this up. And it's on your calendar. you got to do it. Um, so I, I promise that's not a homework assignment because I'm not into those. But if you're, you're sort of planning a way to, to kind of preserve and continue and, and, and do that. And, uh, and I do that as much with my, my, my kind of medical school friends, with Kathy, um, as I do with my incredibly not for med school friends uh, in life down in uh, Philadelphia that were my, like, second wave of, like, the best friends of my whole world um, there to, uh, to keep each other well that way. Um, and notice, Greg, we, we, that at no point does it make med school or residency or fellowship not hard. It is. At no point does it make it not incredibly intense. And, you know, that NICU, you know, in, in children's, I, I, I can see the patients still in my head and, and their parents and, and just the, some of the hardest times ever in going through there. And uh, doesn't doesn't make that not sad and intense sometimes. What it does, it reminds you of just how much of a gift you have in the people around you and the company that you keep that, that, that recharges your batteries and, and, uh, and gets you right back in there to keep, to keep following your mission. That's it right there. That's yeah. that to me was always what I, I guess not always it recently for me has become a priority is like making sure I have a way to recharge because if, if a lot of people who are M ones are feeling burnt out or, like they're just, again, to use that metaphor of like sticking their head in the sand. Like if that's what they feel like they're doing now, we still have so many more years of training yeah. to get through, through medical school and residency and fellowship, internships, like whatever it is that's next, it's going to be hard. And I think what you just said, it hits the nail on the head. That like it's going to be hard. What keeps you going are those people around you and the things that you're doing to maintain your own wellness. Um, and that's why I do this podcast, you know, this, that, that's what inspired it. I, I, I mentioned in my last podcast, I interviewed Dr. Jason Campbell, um, who I, I don't know if you know of, it looks like you do. <laughs> okay. So, Talk about some personal statement work and, uh, oh yes. And, and right. Oh, we did, the, we did the whole ride together and he is brilliant and amazing and an absolutely incredible human being. And I miss him very much. Yeah, I mean, he was, I talk about a hell of a first guest and, and someone who I think does exactly that. Like he knew it was going to be hard, but he like called upon the people around him to help him through it. I think the quote he used was like, it takes a village. And mm -hmm. I, I hear that. I'm thinking like, yeah, that's someone who called upon the people around him to get him through this really hard part of his life. And now here he is 
as an anesthesi- anesthesiology resident who is thriving, at least right. like from how I'm looking at it, and is like dancing the dancing away on TikTok and doing all these awesome things, bringing people happiness and like just joy. And I think that that's kind of what you touched on too, is you got to find a way to bring that into your life because what you're doing is hard. Medicine is hard. Um, so yeah, do, do that. And, and one other recommend really quick recommendation, <laughs> and this is not anything against my friend, Kathy, or my med school friends or Dr. McAllister and Lynn that I sit like literally five feet away from and Dr. Quinshot and everybody have some friends outside of medicine. Just saying, they will call you out like nobody else for those wellness things, and will are, are just the greatest perspective in the whole world. Sorry, Greg, go on. But I was just saying that that's this little pearl, um, and Kathy says the same thing too. So we're not just picking on each other. So, yeah, no, I think that's super important, especially like when you get warped into this world of medicine. It's so healthy to have someone to come home to, and just like I, I live with someone who's not a medical student. Yeah. And that to me is just so therapeutic where I, I don't have to come home and stress and talk about it and just exacerbate that even more. Um, so I, I hear you and I, and I appreciate that comment. Um, so, wow. Oh my God. We've talked for 50 minutes almost. And I, I, I want to make sure to like wrap this up somewhat soon. Absolutely. Um, but uh, kind of moving from this conversation on wellness and like you being you, um, I, I kind of want to talk about like, maybe just like some just for fun questions. Um, so anything like, I, I guess not really fun. It's more so what kind of advice do you have beyond like, okay, maybe having medical or friends in medical school that aren't in medicine. What other advice do you think you have for people who are in medical school or any like profession for that matter, graduate school, professional school, what advice do you have for them? And what advice do you even maybe have for your peers, people who are practicing? Um, that you've learned from your experiences? Well, yeah, Greg, and, and this is probably not award-winning or, or terribly original. You know, it's probably something synthesized, you know, from, from different sources. But um, uh, I think medicine is the greatest job to do in the whole world. I think if that is the seven-tier uh, French something to, I'm going to say something stupid because I watch the food channel all the time and I'm still the stupidest person in the kitchen. What's French meringue? Is that a thing? Is that, I don't even know. Yeah, I think so. Right. Something insert name of fancy cake. The, the, the frosting on top of it is getting to be an educator, a student life person. Um, medicine is, uh, by, by virtue of what it is, Right, by virtue of what it is, by virtue of the task and the responsibilities that you accept by stepping into it, short white coat, long white coat, somewhere in between, it is very good at, how can I say this? It is very good at, at programming you a bit into thinking about extrinsic measures of your personal value. Right? You can take that any different way that you want. Right, and you can letting someone else decide, or and, and me, when I say someone else, like your patient that you've been managing, and and you've done everything right, and just the treatment didn't work, right? Whether James Hospital or anywhere else, it it just didn't, right? And we're we're unfortunately probably from some of the circuitry that got set down there on the way in the front door of of Miling, right? That we're very good at at just turning over that whole process of assigning our value to, to others and to this, to this uh, 
little, little imperfect world or the, this disordered system, other thermodynamics fans uh, get where I'm coming from there, around us. Um, and uh, my, my one piece of advice, if I could, is telling everybody in the listening distance here, um, if you can do one thing that is going to take you through the, the hardest of challenges is to never, ever, ever one time ever let someone else decide how much you as a person are worth. Because no one else can. And if you, let, if you give that away, give away a lot, time, energy, love, person, presence, you don't give that away to other people. And, and, if, and, and to, to take this back to it, I did not hear that, you know, or, or the, the underpinnings of that, you know, I synthesized from wherever, that didn't come from my med school friends, my attendings, my preceptors, you know, um, anybody at Jefferson or Penn, you know, uh, or, uh, or anywhere that I, that I was at. Um, I heard that from, from Ellie Green, who is my, uh, my dance teacher extraordinaire that I'm still in touch with uh, and, uh, from, from Bucknell. Never let somebody else decide your worth because if you, don't, if you let that sit with you, you can decide what, what you're about. You can decide what, what, where you are in the, the world and uh, you are going to set your own limits or decide that you don't have limits. And both can be equally fun. So, <laughs> I get a little bit of chills when you said all that. Oh my God. Um, I think that's super powerful. I, we're in a profession that I think that a lot of times is very much like, I guess a lot of pressure is put on your scores on tests or how you do like when you're on rounds and being grilled by an attending, like those things, it's so easy because of that training how to like put value on what other people think of you or what, like how you're doing in class versus how you think of yourself. I think, and I think you're very much right. I think that that's, that's a, a really powerful piece of advice. I, I don't really have a lot of words to say beyond that. Um, so thank you for that. Um, okay. So one last, uh, I guess, God, again, I could talk to you for ages here. I, I do want to like kind of bring this to a close here, um, a natural close with two last questions that I like to ask. Um, I say like to ask as if I've done this for ages. Um, but <laughs> on the podcast, I'm making a tradition of asking two final questions. I'm yeah. really curious to hear what you, you say to them. Uh, the first one is, tell me who you are in three words. And those words could be things like, I'm a dreamer. I'm yeah. a doer. I'm whatever, like ending in ER, what are you in three words? And I, this is going to sound so generic and like I just like wrote down something because get, I was honestly going to say dreamer for one of them. So I will, I, and that even before I like was reading your examples, I'm like, oh, I'm a dreamer. My three words are I am a lover, a dreamer, and an advocate. I love those. I love those. And I think especially if you listen to the last hour of material here, you can definitely see that come to fruition. Um, so I think those are perfect. Um, the last one is um, one focused more on like, look at, your, look at where you are now um, and then look to where maybe you were at some other point in your life going through those hard times that we mentioned. Um, let's say you're, you're writing a letter to your younger self and that could be at any point in your life. It doesn't matter. It could be to you in med school, you in undergrad, you in high school, whatever. 
Um, what does that letter say and why? It's actually a pretty short letter. <laughs> Usually shorter than my, my emails tend to be sometimes. Uh, Greg, that's an amazing question. Um, and that's a, a deeply, you know, um, it, it's almost like a little, like a check-in advice kind of a thing for, for my younger stages of myself or in the future, I, I don't know when it would be for. And uh, as trite as this might sound, um, uh, Alex, keep in mind, you're the one that will decide if it was a good day or a bad day. And you can decide to have only good days. Love, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I think it kind of ties in well with what you were saying with knowing your worth and knowing that like you're the only person who can assign that to you and kind of taking ownership of that. Um, so that's super cool. Well, thank you for that. Um, so in terms of like the podcast here, that's really all I, I know like we've run over an hour here, so I just want to make sure um, to respect your time, but I, I want to thank you for being on here. Um, last kind of not really a question, but if you have any kind of final thoughts um, or anything that you'd like to share before we go off. Um, this is your time to do so. Otherwise, I'll wrap things up right afterwards. And yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Anything else to say? Um, just super quick. And I know a lot of our, our audience is probably going to be uh, some, some college medicine students, maybe past, present, future uh, kind of thing. And uh, just one from my heart to yours, uh, Greg, and, and everybody, is that, uh, you know, I, I basically have one goal. From, from this day forward and every day, you know, going on and, and getting to do what I do. And that is, you know, to say maybe at some point in my future, future career, you know, however long that is, to be able to say that I have taught and given to the fine College of Med students, students at The Ohio State University a tiny fraction of all you've given and taught me and inspired me. So want to close with thank you so much for uh for for doing all that you've done for me and it's a true honor to get to be here and to do this and uh greg thank you so much for putting this together and for having me yeah of course thank you for being here i think a lot of people find a lot of value in this and in listening to the stories that you had and thank you so much for being on here and i, I said that i wouldn't be able to beat my first guest and i think you were just as good if i don't let him hear this i was it's a very different podcast but like between you and Jason, I think this was two incredibly awesome and insightful podcasts that you could take a lot from both, regardless of whether you're in medicine or not. Um, so I'm going to call you by your first name because you asked me to. Alex, thank yes. you for coming on our podcast. And uh, thank you for spending all this time with me today. A pleasure, Greg. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. And with that, we've reached the end of our second episode. I hope that you were as excited about listening to everything Dr. Greco had to say as I was. I knew when I started this podcast that he would be really high up on the list of people that I'd potentially want to interview, and I'm just so lucky to have had him join me so early on into this project. So again, that's all I've got today. If you liked what you heard or maybe have some constructive feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and let me know. Again, my contact information is in the show notes. Hopefully you've enjoyed today's episode. Please share it with whomever you think may draw some benefit from it in your life. If anything, I hope that today's interview was, once again, a reminder that you too can do great things, so long as you continue to remember who you are and why you're here. Thanks, guys, and until next time.